Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast, where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature. Coming to you from the High Allegheny Plateau in central New York, we are your hosts, A.C. Staubel and Isaac Hill. This is episode one, What is Plant Cunning? Well, hello and welcome to the first episode of the Plant Cunning Podcast. Hello, I'm AC. And I'm Isaac. And we're glad to have you here on the first episode. So on this episode, we're going to talk about what the Plant Cunning Podcast is and will be, what our intentions for it are, and a little bit about ourselves, about AC and and myself and, and what our backgrounds are. Yeah, and I guess we should start by defining what we mean by plant cunning. Yeah, so the word cunning comes from the Old Norse kunna, to know, and is related to the English can. So like, you know, have the ability to do something. I can do this. Um, Or ken, which is like an old English and Scottish word. So like, I can can you by your shape is an old uh, lyric. I, I know you by your shape. So... Cunning has now a connotation of deceit, but uh, it really means ingenuity, craft, skill, and knowledge. And so for us, plant cunning is, is knowledge, skill, craft, and ability in working with plants. Um, and that's, that's one of the main things that we're going to talk about on this podcast. We're going to talk to a lot of people who who have a lot of ability and knowledge about plants. Yeah, we're going to bring together different plant cunning folk like farmers and herbalists and permaculturists and mages and people who have all sorts of skill and knowledge of the natural world and we're going to try to bring together some different ideas and thoughts and open our minds to new terrain that we've never explored. Yeah, so the uh, the old community healers, the folk herbalists and folk uh, magicians of Europe and early America were called cunning men and cunning women or cunning folk. And that's because they had knowledge and ability of how to heal people using whatever methods they had, whether that was herbs or magic. Um, and so we really want to bring together those strands again and... and explore lots of different ways of working with plants about work of working with the spirit world and with our own spiritual uh journeys so uh yeah that that that's when that's one of the things that i'm excited to do is to talk with all these all these people who i personally respect and admire and can learn from yeah same with me it's really exciting to have an opportunity to interview some of my mentors and folks that I'm really interested or really proud of the work that they're doing. And um, one of my main intentions with this podcast is to highlight some of those folks in my life or that I know about in the world that are doing some great work um, in the field of plants and fungi and social change and all sorts of things related to that. And to add to that, I want to especially look at all these different kinds and different ways that people use plants and work with plants and work with spiritual energies and healing energies because there's a lot of different ways 
to go about this, and everyone creates their own synthesis out of what they've learned and what they've practiced. And so being able to look at all these different people and ha have them share their stories and their ways, their practices with us, then we can you know, take, take what is useful uh, and add that to our repertoire, add that to our personal synthesis. Um, or, you know, just have an interesting story. We can let them do what they do and we can do what, what we do, but it's always interesting to me to listen to how other people um, form relationships with plants and how they work with plants and how they go about their spiritual journeys. Yeah, and by making a podcast, making a public forum, perhaps some of these ideas can be cross-pollinated and maybe folks listening to the podcast can incorporate some of these into their own life and we can all become more w wise in the ways of the plants and fungi in the natural world. And so I, I think it would I think it'll offer a lot of inspiration for folks. So that's one of my intentions too with the plant cutting podcast. Yeah. I think there are, there's a lot of interest in uh, plants these days and homesteading and permaculture and herbalism, um, especially as these larger uh, social institutions are starting to crumble in a lot of ways. And uh, there's also a lot of interest in, in magic and in spirituality and a lot of different forms of spirituality and um, a lot of times people on one side don't don't know about other people on the other side mm -hmm. so I like to I want to look at lots of different people from lots of different traditions and uh, viewpoints and and see what what's what's what they have in common and what they have in uh, in, in different <laughs> so do you think we should maybe talk a little bit about who we are and why we're doing this yeah absolutely so what brought you what brought you into the plant world into the green world? Well, I I've always loved nature. As a child, I would spend a lot of time uh, exploring the woods around my house and um, hanging out by the stream beds and picking wild weed bouquets and things like that. Um, but it wasn't really until my twenties that I found plants as medicine, and that's really what got me hooked into um, studying plants and being more interested in it. I've always had asthma and a few of my plant folk friends got me into herbs that can be useful for the tightness of breath and coughing and coughing up mucus and things like that. And I had such good luck with mullen and with lobelia and colt's foot and even kitchen herbs like thyme and ginger that I really wanted to learn more. And it got me hooked in learning more about herbs and um, I started working at an herb farm called Twifontaine Herb Farm in the Hudson Valley of New York in 2012 and we would bring our herbal wares to the city and we would farm all of the herbs that we use in our products and I realized going to the city with all these folks coming up to the stand looking to me as the herb farmer they asked me all these questions about their health and I realized how much I just didn't know about the world of herbal medicine. And that is what really set me on the path to become an herbalist. And since then, since 2012, I've been studying herbs with various teachers 
And most recently in Ithaca, I studied at the Northeast School of Botanical Medicine with Seven Song, who is the herbalist, the clinical herbalist and botanist there. And I learned tons about plants and medicine and how to identify and wildcraft and make my own medicine. And I've finally got the confidence to be able to treat other people and take on clinical um, clients. And so it's sort of one of those things that once you start studying, you never stop. You know, there's there's no herbalist that I know and respect that is like, oh, I'm done. I, I know everything there is to know <laughs> yeah. about plant medicine. Um, and so... That's, a, that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this podcast is to be able to interview some of these um, these teachers that have really put the 30, 40 plus years of study under their belts. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much my short story of what brought me to herbs and what's keeping me there. Yeah, so who are you studying with now? I am taking the... Um, Herbal Medicine for Women course with Aviva Ram online right now. And that's been keeping me busy with my herb studies. Cool. And uh, so what's, what's uh, you know, the big news? We've we've got a farm now, uh, Cohosh Creek. and That is, a- is the big news. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, many, many year... Uh, dream and and goal of um, you know of many years has finally come to fruition and Isaac and I have settled at a farm in central New York in this beautiful rural area Um, we have seven acres to play and plant on and a house and barns the barns can be used for events and workshops and conferences in the future um and we've named it Cohosh Creek for all of the blue cohosh that's growing in the back along the streams. And it's a beautiful spot and we're really uh, excited about the garden. With the coronavirus this year, we had a halt to all of our festivals and fairs that I sell my herbal wares at. And we're able to spend a lot of time here, which was great for a first year farm to really yeah. set down our roots and clean up the place and get a lot of plants planted. And I'm super happy with how the garden came out in just our first year. And it's going to be so exciting to see the trees that we planted and the perennial herbs come back year after year and see how it develops. Yeah. And we, we wild harvested a lot out here too. There's quite a bounty. What are your, made a lot of medicine. What are some of your favorite things that you, you harvested and, and made medicine out of this year? We're eight, you know. <laughs> yeah, the um, the things that are coming to mind are really the fungi. We've had yeah. such wonderful harvests of reishi mushroom in the hemlock forest near our house. And right in the backyard, we have morels growing in the ancient apple and hawthorn orchard. And the hawthorn flower and berry were extremely bountiful. We have just like a whole hedge and a whole little orchard of wild hawthorn trees i've never seen so many hawthorn in one place um it's a wonderful heart medicine it's one of the herbs that i use the most in my practice and so i was really excited about that yeah there's like a really old hawthorn at the edge of the property it might be i mean i don't know how old it is but it's got to be at least a hundred years but probably maybe 200 
I don't know, but it's a it's a wonderful grandmother tree. Yeah, it's where I go to sit and uh, be comforted by nature. I'll like <laughs> sit and cry under her protective thorny branches, and she embraces me lovingly. <laughs> yeah. Another herb that we harvested from the fields around our house is bone set, um, which is good for this cold and flu season approaching so I'm happy to be able to stock up on that because it's not something I've really worked with a lot in the past but um, excellent for cold and flu and respiratory ailments and helping to reduce a fever so yeah that's a that's another herb that I'm excited about that's here and we've got lots of wild blue vervain which is such a magical plant um the wild apples are in season, and we've been going around and tasting all of them. You've been really excited about the apples. Well, yeah, there's actually an old orchard. It's mm-hmm. it's maybe a hundred year old orchard, and all of the trees are overgrown. But they were, I think they were grafted varieties, and I've been trying to figure out which what kinds they are. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I got a couple named, but uh, yeah, they're delicious. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know if I'm if I'm gonna be able to uh, fix them up and and rehabilitate the orchard if I, or if I'll just graft them onto a new rootstock and start a new orchard but it's a lot of fun they're really good apples so many really different good. flavors and, and shapes and sizes compared to like you know Macintosh and Red Delicious mm-hmm. though I think there I think I found a Macintosh in there yeah, yeah there's definitely some goldens and yeah 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 so it feels really good for me to be settled in a spot in one place for more than a few months at a time. My my herb business is actually called Traveling Herb Farmer, and I've been um, adventuring around the country off and on and harvesting things from the wild and working at different farms and um, traveling around the country in my mini school bus. And so having a place to set roots and to really ground down is has been such a wonderful experience for me. Um, so I'm really excited about Cohosh Creek and being in this area and seeing what comes from the farm here. I yeah. feel like there's just so many possibilities. Yeah, and stationary or traveling herb farmer. <laughs> stationary herb farmer doesn't have the same ring to it as <laughs> traveling herb farmer. Um, but I'll still be traveling in the winter, I'm sure, because once you have that travel bug in your system, you you just don't get rid of it too easily. And so we already are planning our winter adventures yeah once the herbs and plants have been put to rest for the season well it's a long winter here it's it gets really cold lots of snow but we'll Mm -hmm. see we'll see how it goes we may not even be able to travel this winter (laughs) yeah we'll see with the global pandemic what um what is what pans out for us in in the travel plans for this year but yeah yeah so what about you Isaac what about um what brought you to the plant path and Tell well, us about your journey. Well, I was I was homeschooled, um, unschooled, actually, too. Uh, and we had a big woods behind our house. It was actually acres and acres of woods, and our house was connected to it. So I could uh, I was out, I could run out in the woods anytime I wanted, pretty much. <laughs> and that's what I did. I was out there playing in the creek and playing with plants, and you know, making up imaginary. Uh, f- adventures, fighting dragons, and so on. Um, but I was encouraged to 
to learn what I what I was interested in. So I did a when I was about nine, I did a course on you know self guided course on edible wild plants, and also about building a pond. So I dug like a little pond and and uh, put plants in it, and also started IDing and eating uh, and using uh, wild plants at you know at about nine and. Uh, since then, I've I've always uh, been a forager and uh, interested in, in in the plants and um, had a lot of fun and and uh, it's a rejuvenating experience for me to be out in nature in the woods. So since then, um, I've been I've been doing that, but uh, it kind of ebbed a little bit when I was in high school because I, I did go to public high school. I still you know. Uh, Forged blackberries and made blackberry pie and stuff like that. Made poke pokes out, <laughs> um, but it was after college that I um, I got into permaculture. And permaculture was this amazing like uh, umbrella for all these different things. It was you know a design system. So I got to incorporate uh, planning and design with fruit trees and and bushes and uh and then all of the like fermentation and wild edible Mm -hmm. like foraging skills herbalism that all kind of like uh went with it so you know since i was about 21 22 i've been really into permaculture and fermentation and all all of that too and propagation of plants um Permaculture was definitely, it was kind of like an initiation for me when I did, took my PDC. I t- took that with Daryl Fry out at Three Sisters Farm in, in western Pennsylvania um, in 2012, I think. Um, but I don't even know if I necessarily like consider myself a permaculturist anymore. It's it, it's a it's a good skill to have, and it's, it's, it's back there, um, and it informs, you know, a lot of what I do. Um but it's a it's a good catch-all term for what I do because you know I, I like I'm a generalist I like working with plants in lots of different ways um, it, propagation eating them I'm a, I'm a cook I love cooking uh, making nutritious meals out of plants a lot of different plants you know I like to eat as many species of, of plants as I can <laughs> um, and I think that's the way that that we're supposed to to eat um, but I also yeah I, I propagate plants I I do a little bit of design. I mean, I'm doing design here. Um, I'm really excited about that, getting to plan out the forest garden and, and the crop plans and everything like that, and working with the plants. I like the doing the chop and drop um, and all, all of that. Yeah, it seems to me like you've really um, carried a lot of the permaculture ideals into the work that you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm also a musician, though, so that... that Took up a lot of of my twenties. Uh, I had my home base, where I worked on a I, I designed a, a a permaculture garden for my mother and and uh, worked on that for about ten years um, while I was traveling the country, playing music with my band, The Hills and the Rivers. Um, and that's how I met AC, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we we got together and started scheming and. And so now we're now we're here in in central New York, and I was actually born about an hour and a half from here, um, and it's it's right in between our our mothers, uh, which was a very 
was... good political family <laughs> move to be equidistant from both of our mothers. Yeah. <laughs> we're, I think we're a little farther from Pittsburgh, but that, that's, <laughs> that's all right. Um, so we're, this is our first year here and, and, uh, we're doing a lot of planting. I planted a lot of, of trees and shrubs and herbs, um, and also discovered so many wonderful plants that are here already. There's, uh, blackberries, raspberries, choke cherries, June berries, uh, apples <laughs> everywhere, hawthorn, um, Nanny berries. I was just eating some of those the other day. They're very delicious. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, 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 I'm also interested in, uh, in magic and in spirituality. I mean, I think everyone is on a spiritual journey in a way. Um, and, and mine has, uh, has been interesting. Um, I, I, uh, I met a student of Richard Rose, who was a, a West Virginian, uh, mystic, West Virginia mystic, who died in 2000, something like that. Uh, he, so, but I met, I met him when I was in college and, um, that's kind of informed a lot of my, uh, my spiritual journey, my spiritual path. But I'm, I'm also really interested in the, the, in a lot of different traditions and in the Western esoteric tradition and folk magic and hoodoo and, um, Tantra and Hindu traditions, uh, there, there are so many wonderful traditions out there, but I think it's also really important to, uh, explore one's roots. And, and for me, that, that is, uh, folk, folk herbalism, folk magic, and, uh, the Western esoteric tradition. So that's a little bit about me. Is there anything else I, I didn't really talk about, AC? Well, we do have a dog. Oh yeah, we have a dog. We have a dog named Ollie. He's a puppy. He's a dog in training, really. Yeah. He's um, <laughs> he's an Amish dog. That's another thing that, about living here. We're right down the street from some Amish folks. And uh, it's really interesting to see how they live. Um, and it's kind of heartening. Um, they, you know, they have a lot of uh, social limits that I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily want. But uh, I'm actually, I'm from, from Mennonite stock. My mom's side is Mennonite. So there's a certain kinship. I have some, you know, way back way back there related <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's really nice to be out here in the country and our amish our our, our dog is an amish dog <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's about a year and a few months old he still likes to bite ankles mm-hmm. and bark and he and pull pull rotting deer parts out of the woods as he does <laughs> he's a good cuddle bug so we'll keep him yeah yeah no he's a good dog so that's that's a little bit about about us. Um, I guess we should maybe say uh, where you can find our 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 stuff. So my music is uh, on Spotify and YouTube and everything. The Hills and the Rivers is my band. We're not like a very super successful band, but we traveled all around the country for years and played a lot of shows and some festivals, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, and then. I put out a, a solo album under Isaac Hill. It's called Allegheny Elegies. I put that out in April. And that's under The Hills and the Rivers at thehillsandrivers.bandcamp.com and on Spotify and everywhere else. Yeah, and my business 
is called The Traveling Herb Farmer, and my website is travelingherbfarmer.com, and I also have an Instagram and Facebook under Traveling Herb Farmer as well. Um, and a website for Cohosh Creek will be coming soon. Yeah. That'll be cohoshcreek.com. Yeah, we're really excited uh, to continue interviewing people for this podcast. We have a few interviews already recorded, which we'll put out. Um, we're going to start with a lot of... Well, we're going to start talking with uh, Mark Williams, who's an ethnobotanist, and then some magical herbalists um, and and uh, magic practitioners, some natural magic practitioners, uh, to start this series out. But we're going to talk to lots of different folks from from lots of different backgrounds. Um, I'm going to talk to lots of herbalists, permaculturists. Farmers. Yeah. Plant propagators, nursery people, mm-hmm. ethnobotanists. Um, and, yeah, and it, probably, you know, fungi people too. Mm-hmm. You know, fungi are not really plants uh, at all, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they, you know, for a lot of people, they, they're part of the same, they're, they're part of the same group. Um, and when you, when you're into plants, you eventually get into mushrooms too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll talk to some mushroom people and we'll talk to people of various spiritual traditions. Yeah. There's so many things about the natural world and especially fungi that just blow my mind. And yeah. I am super excited to explore some new terrain that I've never explored as a traveler and as an explorer. This is a way for me as a homebody now, as the stationary herb farmer, to be able to um, let my mind go out into the world. And you all are welcome to, to join us on that journey. Yeah, so thank you very much. I'm, I hope that you enjoyed this first episode, and I hope you listen to the, uh, the rest of our episodes and our continuing episoding. <laughs>